Hi, my name is Jimmy. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from alcoholism, people-pleasing, and anxiety. Hey, please pray with me. Father, I thank you so much um, for the story of grace, your grace, and your mercy in my life, God. I'm just thankful that um, you would allow me to tell that story tonight, Lord. I just pray for ears to be open, hearts to be softened in this room, Father's um, they just hear about your power and your unrelenting love, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Growing up, there was no knowledge of God in our home. We did not attend church, pray, or have God's word around to instruct us and speak of God's love for us. I was in a home with both parents who lived a life separated from God and had many of their own struggles that caused me to withdraw from them. Fear was sown when my actions didn't align with my parents' expectations of me in school, sports, girls, and many other areas. I resolved to remain in fear and would proceed to withdraw regularly. I would often find anything that would ease the fear, laying in my bed alone, locking the door and pretending I was asleep and hoping no one would come to find me. I also had a fish tank in my room that would help soothe my mind, heart, and soul. I didn't know I had a God who wrote, do not fear, for I am with you. I learned what upset others and worked to try my best to please others around me so that there may be perhaps less conflict and therefore less anxiety inside of me. Around the age of 15, I started drinking with friends. I didn't know the effects of drinking too much alcohol, but I had found a new way of, to escape my fear and anxiety. I never took alcohol slow. In fact, I had no limits. There were times when I had to be at work or school and got in trouble for drinking. I also began taking drugs that mimicked the effects of being drunk, but without the smell so that I would not be found out by others in authority around me. One day at work, while I was waiting tables, one of my customers left a little card with my gratuity. On the card were these words, for I know, I have, for I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 11, 13. There was something about that card that grabbed my heart. I wasn't sure what it was at the time, but I brought it home and kept it on my bathroom mirror. Every time I moved, it moved to my new bathroom mirror. In high school, my parents converted our home garage into a party room where we'd host large parties almost every weekend, drinking heavily. There were many opportunities for me to be due earthly consequences as an underage alcoholic, but I was consistently bailed out by my parents, teachers, and even policemen. Thus, the alcoholism continued in my college years. Away from my parents and without positive influence, I rebelled even more. Spending time at the bar instead of class caused my grades to suffer. All the relationships I formed were over a drink, and the closest relationships were the ones that had the same priorities as me. Party, party, party. I believed I could never say no or I would not be liked. Still drunk one morning, I had a coworker ask me if I would like to join his Bible study. I declined, laughed, and told him I thought a Bible study sounded like a horrible waste of time. He answered by reciting John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life." <clears throat> and he also asked if I knew that God loved me that much. By this time, I was done with the conversation, told him to drop it and not to ask again. I had succeeded actually telling someone no. Looking back, I wasn't telling the caring coworker no, but in fact, the God that I've come to know that does actually love me that much. 
By my senior year, I'd done my best to all but fell out of school and returned home. I thought for sure now I definitely didn't have a future and needed somehow to feel like I accomplished something. So I got engaged to my longtime girlfriend and was married. Four months into marriage, I was getting a divorce and moving back home with my parents. My wife was in an affair and was going to continue the new relationship. This was an immensely difficult time in my life. On my knees, I actually cried out and asked to God I didn't know to help me with the overwhelming sadness and despair I was feeling. Deep down, I just wanted my situation changed, not my heart. The change of situation came sooner than I thought, and I began dating another woman. I was sick of all the pain and conflict and entered this relationship with the premise that I will do whatever it takes to do whatever she says. I avoided conflict at all costs, never admitted I was hurt, felt responsible for how she felt, agreed with everything she said, and never said no, even when she told me we should get married. During our marriage, wanting to be accepted took a toll on me. I neglected how I was feeling, withdrew even as far as sleeping in the guest bedroom. My tactic of avoiding conflict backfired, and the marriage ended in divorce a little after a year. I wasn't sad this time. As a matter of fact, I felt free because I no longer was living under the stress of keeping up with my attempt at creating happiness for someone else especially when I didn't even have it to give. However, I really wasn't free at all. There were still other stressors, and I was still enslaved to my sin of alcohol. Divorce is not a part of God's design for marriage, and at this time, I didn't know God or trust Him. Next, I did the only thing I knew how to do, bring someone else into my brokenness once again. I asked my now wife, Isabel, on a date during the divorce. Obviously, I was bringing tons of baggage, and it wasn't long before the relationship was at a boiling point. With Isabel's nudging, we began attending, attending church services and landed at Watermark. Sunday after Sunday, I repeatedly heard about God's love for me. My heart began to soften, and I started to surrender areas of my life that a life of sin had wrecked and let God get to work rebuilding it and taking his residence. It was a slow process, and full surrender to God was not what I was willing to do just yet. My view on God remained distant, not because he was, but because I was not fully giving him my whole heart. Isabel and I went through marriage, Watermark's pre-married ministry, and we married just a few months later. Going into marriage, I still had so much anxiety and still used alcohol as a way to cope, hiding it from my wife. In February of 2015, five months into marriage, I was finally done hiding, and I confessed to Isabel I was indeed an alcoholic. I figured she would leave me but instead I was met with forgiveness. Moreover, Isabel sought my forgiveness for her lack of attention as my wife. This was not what I expected through my confession. God used this as a beautiful picture to reveal his grace that he'd been trying to show me for years. The following Monday in Dallas, we went to regeneration together. My first night at regen, I was terrified. I did not want others to know all the things I wanted to remain hidden, yet something told me that they would sooner or later. In groundwork, men were open and shared some really personal things. One in particular shared that he had just confessed to his boss, his wife, and his community group that he'd been stealing money from his company to fund his gambling addiction. This confession and so many other men sharing their junk so openly helped me to be honest. Guys weren't running away, but were actually forming a relation relationships built on authenticity. I remained in groundwork for 16 weeks until the group God had formed was finally ready. There, the openness, authenticity, and love for the other men only grew. 
I realized God had given me 14 other men that were going to be part of his plan to restore the years that the locusts had eaten, Joel 2.25. God went even further and gave me two other men that were my recovery partners through Regen. Our struggles and stories weren't exactly alike, but we all had the same thing in common. Just like step one says, we are powerless over our addictions, brokenness, and sinful patterns that in our own power, our lives were unmanageable. During step two, I came to believe that God was the one who could fully restore me. I also noticed step two had an extra mile memory verse that was part of the card I'd been looking at on my bathroom mirror for over 15 years. You will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me at your whole heart. The truth set in. God wanted my whole heart. It was during step three that I made an important decision to fully trust God with my life and will by accepting his grace through Jesus Christ daily. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, because if you confess to your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Step four inventory gave me a clearer picture of God's love for me as I got to see the pages after pages of sin in my life that Jesus had died for. 1 John 4, 10 says, this is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. In step six, I was entirely ready to turn away from my old pattern of sin and turn to God, but repentance is costly because it demands change. I mean, we must be willing to die to our old way of life. I found this out most clearly through my repentance plan. I needed to place some boundaries and relationships with people that I was most influenced to drink alcohol with. This was not easy as most were family members and long-term friends but I had come to know God's way is best and leads to life. My wife and I also committed not to go to restaurants that we would normally visit for happy hour or drink specials. I had broken trust in our marriage and needed to work to regain her trust. So I resolved and purchased a handheld breathalyzer to prove her, to her that I was not drinking alcohol at any given moment. I hated the hurt that I caused, but more so I wanted to work things out no matter the cost and earn trust back. I was thankful that I didn't do this alone, but had God's provision through the men he placed in my regen group in my life to be my support. By God's grace, during my time of recovery, I became sober and I gained a right state of mind. I recognized that my main issue was not being alcoholic. My deep sin was fear and anxiety, ultimately not trusting God with my life, and alcohol was my medicine and way of escape. This probably goes without mention, but the alcoholism led to more problems and the problems to more stress and anxiety, not escape. Early after regeneration, I had scripture in my notes on my phone ready when I would feel anxious to help me refocus on what is true in the one who is stronger than I. I now know that because of what Christ did for me, I can come to him anytime through prayer. Christ has set me free and gave me assurance of faith in him. Since finishing regeneration in 2016, I've been able to mentor two men through the recovery, and now I get to co-lead a group of men in the ministry with someone who has become a dear friend, Dean. So you heard right, we are the Jimmy Dean group. <laughs> in all sincerity, it is amazing to get to watch the power of God unleash week after week, gathering with other men, confessing and seeing the damage of sin in our lives. In fellowship together, God is redeeming our lives from the pit, and he is turning hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. From being the guy who rejected invitation to Bible study, I now invite other men to Bible study with me and delight in knowing God through the reading of his word. One of the most incredible changes I've seen is the restoration of 
marriage and my life with Christ. We have been blessed with two more kids, three total. Soon after having our youngest, Isabel and I began to notice our poor communication patterns. I was prideful and wanting control, and we both sought to be right and did not care to understand one another. Owning and running a landscape business and her parenting at home, we were both living our life side by side and not in mutual oneness. This led us to work on our marriage at Reengage, Watermark's marriage ministry. I had been competing with Isabel's spiritual growth. I was learning, however, that marriage isn't a competition. I drew the circle around myself and let God fix me through prayer and his word. As God led me, that enabled me to lead my wife and my family in my ministry at home. Our emotional intimacy grew also as God allowed me to realize that I really needed to be fully known and fully loved. Through this, we were able to share with each other those things that were creating a barrier to the level of intimacy God wants us to experience. This helped to deepen our relationship. Our view of marriage was shallow in comparison to what God's amazing design is, complete oneness. Our marriage is growing. We have learned to communicate and resolve conflict well, and we have realized and have grown a desire to continuously work on our marriage. Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now I enjoy helping others learn and gain an understanding of God's design for marriage. I take any opportunity given to do so, whether that be with neighbors, friends, or family members. Currently, Isabel and I are walking through premarital lessons and discipleship with her younger sister and fiance. God, God has also given me the great honor and privilege to get to officiate their wedding this February. Friends, only God can work this kind of miracle in my life. It has been nothing short of life-giving to follow Jesus. Over the last three years, we have been blessed with three other couples and their families to be in community with. Community has been a gift in my life as we learn to do life together. We do not allow one another to remain in sin and try our best to counsel with God's word that is the truth, not our own opinion, which may be a truth. I can still struggle to avoid conflict, but I cannot remain there and know that conflict is now an opportunity to glorify God and investment in my relationships. Even though I lost many of the relationships I had before, the relationships that I form now are based on honesty and truth instead of me just agreeing with everything that is said in order to be accepted. If I could tell you one thing tonight, it is that there is a God that loves you, that is pursuing you, and that wants a personal relationship with you. He's already done the hard work, work that none of us could ever do. If you're new tonight, welcome. A loving God has brought you here. A God that says these words, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. My name is Jimmy, and because of Christ's faithfulness to save me and refine me, I am sober five years, finding freedom from people-pleasing and anxiety.